0: Welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Leadership Podcast. I'm really... Really uh, glad to be with you today, and uh, I have been severely under the weather lately, so I'm just glad to be alive, seeing the sunshine this morning on this cool Tuesday morning, and I want to talk about motivation. Um, And a lot of this is based out of some reading I did Charles Dewig's book, um, Better, Faster, Stronger, and about productivity and what is at the core of productive living, but doing it at a pace that is healthy. I don't know about you, but as a leader, I'm constantly living in this tension. Um, You know, leadership is like the strings on a violin. If they're too loose, the violin doesn't work adequately. If they're too tight, the violin doesn't work adequately. There has to be the proper amount of tension. And I know in my life as an efficiency addict, I am constantly on that line of there's too much tension. And uh, I like living in that tension. I like living in that high pace. But as many of us know, it can happen. And uh, we look up one day and we go, whoa, 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 that that was too much pace. That was too much productivity. I has like I said, the last couple of weeks, uh, particularly the week before last, I was uh, really really sick, and um, there is a sense in which I felt like my body was saying, "Hey, I'm going to shut down for a little while right now," uh, because I've been going at a pretty good pace. Um, Adel Gawande is author of three best selling books. He's a 46 year old staff writer at New Yorker Magazine. He is also a renowned surgeon at one of the nation's most prestigious hospitals in Boston. He was an associate professor at Harvard, an advisor to the World Health Organization. He was the founder of a nonprofit that sent surgical supplies to medically underserved parts of the world. He is married with three children. In 2006, he was awarded the MacArthur Genius Grant. He gave a substantial portion of the $500,000 prize to charity. When I (laughs) read about Adol Gawande, I think, my goodness, my life, I'm not doing anything. One of the reasons I like to read about presidents so much is, is they are so motivational to me because I get to see how much they accomplished in the same amount of time I have. And when I read the story of uh, that Adol Gawandi synopsis of his life, um, I'm a little bit in awe. I'm a little bit in wonder. And I look at that and I think, okay, that is a really productive person. Now, we all know people who are busy. I do not like the word busy. People ask me, are you busy right now? I, do, I, always, I never like to say I'm busy because I don't want to be busy. Busy can be, I'm active, but I'm not productive. You can be busy and look important, but you're really not getting anything done. And there are people who look productive. Um, then there are people like Adol Gawandi who really get things done. And his accomplishments in medicine, writing, public health are important and they are real. Uh, by all accounts, he is a devoted and effective husband and father. And he raises the question, what does it mean to be productive? means different things to different people, right? One of you may consider spending an hour exercising in the morning before dropping the kids off at school as a productive day. But another of you might consider that time more productive locked in your office, returning emails and calling customers and feeling like that was a productive use of time. If you're a researcher, you can see productivity as being one failure after another because that means you're getting closer to discovery. But if you're an engineer, Your measure of productivity is not in failure. Your measure of productivity is in actual, effectively moving traffic efficiently or creating an assembly line that moves product more efficiently. A productive weekend might involve walking through Sugar Creek Reserve with your kids, but a productive workday involves rushing them to daycare and getting to the office as early as possible. What is productivity? And how can we be productive with a healthy pace? That's a constant question for those who lead. Productivity is really just the name we give our efforts to figure out the best use of our energies, our intellects, our talents, our time, uh, and to do so with the most efficient of efforts. Productivity is really just simply the process of learning how to achieve, how to succeed with minimal unnecessary stress, minimal unnecessary struggle, minimal unnecessary energy used up. It's about getting things done without sacrificing everything we care about along the way. And when you look at Ado Gawande's life, it seems to be the paragon of efficiency, Most of us aren't walking around feeling the need to be less efficient. Most of us walk around with this sense of, how can I be more efficient? And yet, for those of us who are followers of Christ, there is another element. And that is, how can I be efficient and be loving? Because so often, efficiency and having a soul that loves well are not the same things. And so, because we know that we're not going to have a magic potion that all of a sudden makes us more efficient and more loving, we have to come to the conclusion that productivity and doing it in a way that is lovingly efficient, that is rich in relationship, is about making certain choices in certain ways. Productivity in a God-honoring way is about how you see yourself, how you frame your daily decisions, the stories you tell about yourself, and tell to yourself. What goals are you setting or not setting? What kind of community are you building among those with whom you work and live? And what kind of create creative culture are you establishing and nurturing that allows you? to not just be productive, but to be productive in the right ways. Um, Charles Dewig, as I said in his book, Think uh, Better, Faster, Stronger, is really dealing with this in a high-level way, and he says that, you know, so often we look at innovation When it comes to productivity, how can I innovate? How can I see these tools that are being invented, gadgets and apps and filing systems and tracking systems, to-do lists, and all the technologies that support those? We're perhaps seeing those in the wrong way because the best way to start with productivity is not with innovation. It is with motivation. What is your motivation is the place to start when it comes to productivity. Uh, People who are productive, obviously, we know, are self-motivated. But it goes beyond that. Motivation is more like a skill. It's similar to reading or writing, and it can be learned and honed. And scientists have learned that people can get better at self-motivation if they practice the right way. The trick is realizing that a prerequisite to motivation is believing I have authority over my actions and surroundings. To motivate ourselves, we have to feel like we have some measure of control over our lives. And when people believe they're in control, they tend to work harder. They tend to push themselves with greater efficiency. Think about a toddler. Once they learn how to feed themselves, what do they want to do? They want to feed themselves. And our brains are hardwired to be motivated when we feel like, I can control the outcome. I know what's driving me, and I know that if I make these decisions, that that it'll probably lend itself to a certain outcome. One researcher said when you're stuck in traffic on the freeway and you see an exit approaching and you want to take it, even though you know it'll probably take longer to get home, that is your brain's way of getting excited by the possibility of taking control. We've all done that. We've all done that. You don't get home any faster, but it feels better because all of a sudden you're not the victim of traffic snarls. You are in charge. And making choices that demonstrate to ourselves we have some measure of control actually triggers motivation. Researchers call this our internal locus of control. Locus is a is a fixed point, right? A, a place or a point. And people have a fixed Uh, an internal point of control, they tend to take responsibility for their successes and failures. They don't see themselves as victims of things outside their influence. Students who have a strong internal locus of control know that good grades are, are the result of hard work rather than natural smarts. Smarts are something we're either given or not given, but hard work is something that We, through our own focus, through our own efficiencies, through our own decisions, we can control. A salesperson with a high internal locus of control, they will blame a lost sale on their own lack of hustle rather than on bad fortune. And so that's why an internal locus of control has been linked with higher self-motivation, higher social maturity lower incidences of stress and depression and a longer lifespan. So this really goes down to if you want to be efficient, you have to realize I have certain things I can control and I make decisions to take charge of those points of control. I can control how I spend my money to some extent. I can spend, I can control the people in whom I invest to some extent. And I can choose to invest in the key relationships in my life. And as a result, I can increase my sense of my locus of control. Now, the The opposite of that that leads to a lostness and a a low sense of productivity and a low sense of control is when I have an external locus of control and I believe that my life is primarily influenced by events outside of my control. That's correlated by researchers with higher levels of non-actionable or unhealthy stress. And it's often because as individuals we perceive our situations beyond our coping abilities. The good news is My productivity starts with my motivation. My motivation starts with my sense of what I can control. And an ILC, an internal locus of control, can be improved through training. And this is one of the reasons it's important for me, that I constantly focus on my effort. Not on my abilities, not on my results, but my effort. So when I walk away, when I speak on a weekend, very seldom do I get the results that I want. I have to walk away from a weekend when I've spoken to hundreds of people and I have to be able to look back and go, did I give my best to the preparation and delivery of that message? Because if I don't, there are so many factors outside my control. People come into that environment with all sorts of motivations, with all sorts of of intentions, with all sorts of baggage, with all sorts of struggles. And if I depended upon the outcome for my motivation, I would be lost. It's so one of the reasons why it's important, as Carol Dweck says so well, the Stanford researcher that we, we do not compliment kids on their abilities, but on their efforts. A kid complimented for effort has an empowered internal locus of control because they know they had something to do with it. But a kid affirmed for their natural smarts, it actually, according to Carol Dweck's research, it, it disempowers their internal locus of control because they realize they had nothing to do with how smart they are or not. And... And Carol Dweck says, internal locus of control is a learned skill that comes by focusing on, okay, my study, my preparation, my delivery, all those things are factors when I speak, I can control. Now, your internal locus of control may have been suppressed by how you grew up or experiences you've had and... And maybe you've possibly forgotten how much influence you can have on your own life. And that is why training, practicing, feeling in control of your life through small decisions you make. uh, And all of a sudden your internal locus of control is reawakened and you start building habits that make you feel as if you're in charge of your life, which increases your motivation. And this is interesting. The Marine Corps teaches this what they call a bias toward action. Many people think that Marines who have gone through the basic training, the crucible, are, it's all about trying to cull out the weak. It's not. The Marines who have gone through basic training, the crucible, are, are really being trained to answer their why. Why are you doing this? Because once, the Marines have learned, once a person understands their why and that they have control over increasing that why, their motivation goes up and to the right. Why are you doing this? Well, one Marine said he was doing it for his wife and his new baby girl to give them a better life, and he would see himself as a Marine after this incredibly grueling, torturous training was finished, and and constantly what kept him going was his wife and his new baby girl. When you can link something hard to a choice you care about, it increases your motivation, makes the task easier, your sense of control over your life increases, and that creates the snowball of motivation. And I say this because it is huge for me. Ministry leadership for me is like farming. You know, a farmer has so many factors that are out of his or her control. So a farmer has to say, here's the seed that I can plant. Here's the fertilization that I can apply. Here are the factors I can control. And then the rest of it is up to God. And if in leadership you want to be productive and you want to do it at a healthy pace, you have to know your why. You have to practice training toward that why And then you have to allow that sense of control of what you can control to increase and it'll increase your motivation. I've been in leadership since 1985 and I've gone through phases of low and high motivation and I've learned the only way I can recapture my motivation is to go back to why am I doing this and what can I do every day to increase my why? For me, It's staying in a constant learning mode, staying in touch with people's needs, reflecting back on my sense of calling to this, and then doing what I can today to learn, to grow, to be faithful today, and increase my internal locus of control. Until next time on The Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie Mack. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.